don't know if you've ever, if you ever experienced this, uh, cause you worked at a firm for a good long while. Five years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> drinking on the job seems to be okay at law firms. Oh yeah. Day drinking <laughs> is a thing. As like, long as it's not talked about. And as long as you can still do your job, no one cares. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, I will share this with you since you enjoy the alcohol. <laughs> I had, I had way too much to drink today at work. Oh, really? I had a ridiculous amount of beer at work. <laughs> you know, when the boss says, Hey, you want to go to lunch? That's not really a question. It's no. yes. I do want to go to lunch. Of course. Especially if we're also having lunch with another professional, uh, in the legal field and the whole thing. Talking shop is so much fun with lawyers. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially lawyers. And I'll just say other legal industry professionals. <laughs> oh yeah. So we went to this Mexican restaurant downtown. My boss ordered, he goes, Hey, I'm going to have this plate of this thing. And I'll also have a Dos Equis. And the server said, what size? And he's just like, the biggest one you have. I'm like, all right. And I mean, he's my age, but he's like really tall, skinny. Um, so super high metabolism has been, and he's one of those kind of, he's kind of a frat boyish. So he's been drinking a lot for a long up. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other person that was with us at lunch ordered the same thing, same plate, different type of beer, same size. Ah. And I wanted the same plate. I'm like, I'm not going to get water. <laughs> I was like, all right. I'll have this Quinnicum. amber. Yeah. Yeah. They said same size. Is it? Yes. <laughs> same size. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Same size as my boss. However, at the end of the meal, my glass was empty. Theirs were not. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh <sighs> I got back to the office and just sort of leaned back in my chair. <laughs> just like, all right, I'm gonna take the rest of the day. <laughs> couple call, couple calls came in. I was like, thank you for calling. Uh, what can I do for you? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So on that note, I'm having some water, but I'm not gonna lie, I also have a Heineken. <laughs> Oh. I had the rest of a bottle of uh, plum wine, which wasn't a lot, but it's been fermenting for a week. Um, so I can taste it kind of going in that direction. <laughs> so um, we'll see how this goes. I was going to say, this is going to be a great show. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, shit. And honestly, you know what's so funny? I think this is the ser the most serious episode that I've watched thus far. Like, oh, Really? Talking. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! I've watched ahead a little bit. I don't. Have you watched further than this at all? No. I've been um, terrible. I, Enterprise is not my jam. It's okay. So um, I've been trying to keep up with the podcast at least, but I've been kind of falling back because work's been crazy the past couple weeks. Because there's I a lot it. going on. There's an episode coming up called Fusion, and uh, oh, it's uh, it gets it gets pretty heavy. So I'm wondering. Who to do it with? Yeah, A, who to do it with. And like, most of my joking is fairly good natured. I don't know that I can do any jokes in this episode at all. <laughs> oh, they're really good at adding a little bit of humor to stuff, but not in that one. No. Like not even a little. I don't even think there's any like tension breaking humor. It's just, it's all bad. Like, Ooh. yeah. And it's, oh, it, it's rough. It's, it's hard to watch, especially in light. Like, again, this, all this stuff, I tell you what, let's uh, hold on. Let's start the show. <laughs> okay.
incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Saab. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Engage. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beat me up. Resistance is futile. Live long and prosper. And welcome to the Computer Resume podcast that we were already conducting before I started this. The show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer, comedian, Mr. Todd A. Davis. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the ice cream queen herself, Mrs. Ren Sims! Yay! Hey, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> welcome, <sighs> welcome back. Oh, it's good to be back. Is so <laughs> How have you been? Good, stressed out, but good. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's getting towards uh, it's getting towards summer, so the ice cream business is probably picking up a bit. It is it, quite a bit, and our movie theater is opening up this Friday. So, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, for you know, for folks who don't know, uh, one of the locations of Molly and Miles shares a wall or two with uh, <laughs> a local movie theater here. So yeah, it's built-in clientele. Well, the cool thing is, is um, a new restaurant opened up in that same shopping center oh, okay. and they don't sell dessert. Oh, so wow. So it has increased our sales exponentially. Fish in, fish in a barrel. Jeez, Louise, that's awesome. Well, yeah. yeah, it's pretty <laughs> fantastic. But we're like most food service, we're understaffed. So if anyone's looking to work at a really cool ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Stay tuned for all of the contact info and where you can send your resume. <laughs> exactly. Basically, yeah. Now what uh what were we just talking about <laughs> before we started the show? <laughs> a sad episode. Yes, it's um future. There's a there's it's considering uh so we were talking about the episode that's coming up fusion which is not the episode we're covering today but it's consider this a little preview. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy and it deals a lot with assault. Oh. Yeah, it's this. Th it's a it's a rough one. I, I mean, I don't want to say too much in case anybody else out there hasn't seen it. I mean, the show's I haven't twenty seen years it. old, but like hmm. considering considering everything we as a society have observed in the last three to five years with assaults on women, this it's it, this is this is a this is a serious episode. This is little to no joking. I like I said. I don't think there's any humor in the episode at all. Like not even tension breaking humor. I'll admit this is going to be the first episode I'm kind of nervous about covering just because like, I don't, I don't, sure I don't feel like it. I'm, yeah, I don't feel like I'm really qualified to talk about that. Cause I mean, that hasn't happened to me. And I mean, granted, I also haven't flown a starship either, but like, <laughs> Maybe one day. Yeah, yeah maybe one day. <laughs> that, they're doing amazing things with VR nowadays. <laughs> Honestly, it gives me weird vertigo. I have real, I have, I love it, but I have weird issues with VR. 
Well, you know, I didn't realize the VR place in Greenville is like right across the street from that Mexican restaurant I went to earlier today. Oh, really? And yeah, I was just like, I don't know that I knew Greenville had one of those. And I like, had no idea. Oh, I didn't, was, I didn't know we did. We might be doing a game night there in the not too distant future. That'd that be makes fun. me happy. Yeah. Watching someone do VR is ridiculous. Yeah. It is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, there's no way around it. They just kind of look like they're flailing around and <laughs> they're just standing there flailing around with the bucket on their head. And that's about it. <laughs> the essential viewing of Enterprise up to this point is really only about four or five episodes. But I feel like the episodes that are must watches are getting closer and closer together. Gotcha. Like which is great. To see kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which is honestly, I think normal for most new series, like the first season, like it really only really starts to build until like the end of it. Cause I think that's just how they're made. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's really easy to armchair quarterback something like this, or it's like, oh, well, they should have done that. Da, 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 da. Well, that's easier for you to say you're sitting at home. <laughs> Like you didn't um, produce the show, you didn't write it. Right. It's such a daunting task to me, uh, you know, just trying to put anything like this together. I mean, we didn't meet until after Kat and I were married, but we did like a little video, sort of a little short comedic film of Kat gets kidnapped and I rescue her. And, you know, it involves the groomsmen and the bridesmaids and some of our friends and different locations around town and the whole thing. It was, it's really That's cute. awesome. This sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, called Kung Fu Love, and there was like a martial arts theme, and you know we did some bad dubbing. Uh, yeah, it, it's a real, it's a, it's a trip. It's funny, but that was so much work putting that together. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, so, I've only ever done post production stuff, but I can't even imagine what the process would be like beforehand. Oh yeah. For anybody who's listening to this show and thinks, oh, you know, I can do a podcast. Let me just clue you in. What you're hearing is me and a friend talking for about 30 to 45 minutes and some fun sound effects. <laughs> While we talk for probably a close to an hour, it takes me almost the entire week to edit this thing mm -hmm. because... I have a full-time job, so I'm into the wee hours of the morning, most nights, <laughs> putting this thing together. It's a lot of work. And now if you're, if you're good at it, the speed picks up and you get pretty good and know what to look for and can do it a little bit quicker. And as you gain skills, all that. But at the end of the day, it still takes a long, long time to put something like this together. And this is just an audio podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Thinking about a, a film or a TV show. That's bonkers. And those people yeah. are super professional and really good at their jobs. <laughs> practice. Yeah. Lots of practice. Absolutely. So you have kept up with the podcast relatively closely. Like how, I think we're um, 12, 13 in. Okay. So I'm not as caught up as I thought I was. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to say about half. I, I've, I've kind of been trying to keep up. I've been doing, I've been skipping some episodes, trying to make sure I'm, I'm getting at least as, as close as I can, but okay. enterprise is hard to get into. It really is. Yeah. It's a, it's a bit, of, it's a bit of a chore. It's a bit of a task to watch. It's some of it's a little cringy 
I get. In terms of the podcast, do you have any feedback for me? I haven't gotten any feedback except from Gary, who's just like, yeah, doing good, buddy. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I mean, okay. you're, it, it, it's not a matter of content that I'm not watching or listening to it. It's mostly because I just forget and life happens. So it's very entertaining. And I honestly love recording it. So oh, great. Well, we enjoy having you. <laughs> well, we've got some big things coming up in the future. So everybody who is listening stateside and around the world, uh, thank you so much. All that being said, let's get into this week's recap. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Personal log, Lieutenant Malcolm Reed. It's my intention to recount the events that led to the destruction of the Starship Enterprise. I lost nearly everyone I cared about on that ship. We've got less than two days of air left. May God have mercy on our souls. An all-new Enterprise. Well, tell your disappointment to suck it. I'm doing a bottle episode. At the behest of Archer, Trip and Reed are mapping some asteroids, basically the equivalent of painting the Golden Gate Bridge. They come across what appears to be the remains of the Enterprise. And that's the end of the show, everybody. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'd like to thank, uh, oh man, this podcast has been so amazing. Thank you so much to the cast and crew, G. Smith and the band, Lauren Michaels. Uh, Mom, Dad, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. just kidding everybody uh now uh we get to see the worst episode of the odd couple ever so trip grows a pair and tells reed to use the stars the stars to guide you reed starts writing letters to everyone what do you mean everyone everyone meanwhile on the enterprise a tesnian ship apparently bumped into the nx-01 which caused some debris to fall onto one of the asteroids enterprise took on 34 survivors and travis says it'll take us 20 hours to get him home just enough time for felix and oscar to die archer and to paul argue about science for some reason meanwhile reed keeps writing letters and saying i love you reminiscing and telling the story and so on the space bus springs a leak Reed and Tucker quickly seal the holes with something they saw and nailed it. They lower the temperature to conserve power. Snuggle up like little bunnies. After discussing T'Pol's assets, they jettison and detonate the engine, attracting Enterprise's attention. Reed wakes up in sickbay, relieved to see Doc, Archer, Tucker, and T'Pol. And you, and you, and you, and you were there. So this is one of the more serious episodes. Trip has been comically annoying thus far in the series, wouldn't you say? Honestly, the episodes I've seen him in, I think he's he's I think he's perfect the way he is. I I really I enjoy his character probably the most. You like, enjoy like the southern charm thing? It, it may be a little over the top, but it fits him, you know? Like it's just like it's not too much. Like if it was I think if anyone else was acting it like if it had been done differently, I think it would be too much, but I think he does a good job. Nice. Nice. That's because uh, from past guests, he has not gotten a lot of love from the people. Oh, really? Honestly, I love that they're breaking the stereotype. Like they're putting this essentially pretty redneck dude, but he's like chief engineer. Like he knows what he's doing. Oh yeah. And he's just a bit country about it. <laughs> 
I, I've I always, I've always imagined in my head, he has that big red toolbox and you open it up and there's that tray that sits on top and it's full of like the laser things that you point and like this other thing that kind of looks like a wrench, but it's not. And you fix all the quantum physical things with it. But if you lift that tray, there's only two items, a ball peen hammer and a full roll of duct tape. And that's, <laughs> and that's it. Maybe, maybe a pack of bubble gum. Mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. That's it. That's what he's got in there. He I don't know how I feel about that. Like, that just <laughs> it upset me. Like, I'm like, really? Seriously? Idahoans real? Keeps you alive? <laughs> like, I get it. Like, I kind of understand the science behind it. But it's like... Uh, yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I guess I, well, okay. So, uh, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but they noted like some of the hard science that's actually put forth yeah. in this episode. And that's kind mm -hmm. of, that's kind of what makes this one really interesting is kind of, you got two guys in a box mm -hmm. and they got to survive. So I guess, and I, I mean, it's not really mentioned in the episode, but I guess in thinking about it, once you put the potatoes down, I suppose it would freeze. And Not to mention potatoes, once they start to get room temperature, they do harden. I mean, they, oh, they yeah. turn into a, because of the starch in them. Like, I, I can see that happening. It was just so funny in the moment. Like, right. up to that point, it was some serious stuff. And all of a sudden, mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I feel like Starfleet is like, okay, you got that, you, you know, from Broken Bow. They're like, okay, you got the Klingon back to the Klingon homeworld and they didn't eat you. Great. Just keep going and then at some point come back. And then as soon as they were out of earshot, I was like, okay, we're going to wait and see what breaks on the ship. You know, we'll actually be able to real enterprise. I feel that's like what Starfleet is doing. They're just whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, so we definitely need a pack of gum in the glove box of every shuttle pod. All right. Or mashed potatoes. <laughs> or mashed potatoes. Yep, absolutely. Well, I was thinking about the fact that they had to use the stars. Trip yells at Reed to, hey, yeah. look out there. There are stars. Figure out where we are and get us going. <laughs> like We're running out of air. <laughs> the only other time I remember that more recently was the first Avengers movie. Bring the carrier about to a 180 heading south. Take us to the water. We're flying blind. Navigation's recalibrating after the engine failure. Is the sun coming up? Yes, sir. Then put it on the left. Yeah, it's, I, always, I always dig that sort of thing. It's like, you can have all the technology in the world, but at the end of the day, sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Moth, moss grows on the north side of the tree. Like, <laughs> it's usually how it goes. Well, I think the problem is, is technology, I think, makes people lazy in that sense. Mm where they yeah. just they're not thinking about it because they have tools and they have things to do it for them and it just it's so much easier that way so when they're broken they're like i don't know how anything works now <laughs> <laughs> they have to they have to like reboot themselves in a way like well, sure and we're roughly about the same age i don't know if you felt like i did but you know there were times in school where i was just like this is bull crap like i've got a calculator i don't need to learn this whole thing and you know all the rest of it's on wikipedia wiki wasn't a thing yet i think that's I'm, true I'm that's true wikipedia I'm wasn't around just yet than you. right um, right <laughs> we didn't have ca like actual usable calculators in our phones until sm smartphones really came out because right. the, the first ones were the awesome Nokia nokias that are still alive to this day because they just don't die yeah um, <laughs> they forgot but, to they forgot to put in that feature of like hey we need these things to break so people buy more of them. <laughs> oh my god i think 
I'm I'm pretty sure I still have one. It's really? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm pretty sure of it. I and I had one of the first ones from Primeco, which was Verizon before Verizon was a thing. Get out of town. That's yep. hilarious. And it was oh one of man. Those flip phones. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you remember it, but it was it was the little salesperson was like this little alien that looked like a telephone. <laughs> well, my parents gave me I think my mom's old Nokia, which was basically a step above a television remote and uh, had one of those little, one of those tiny little screens that you could see the phone number and whatever name you typed in <laughs> to go that with the phone number. Text message. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was about it. You had to keep pressing the number to, till you got to the letter you wanted. Yeah. Cause there were three letters on each key. Exactly. Te texting someone took forever. <laughs> Actually, to tell you the truth, the more you did it, the faster you got at it. True. So it was one of those things where you just kind of built the skill up. You weren't doing it for very long. Like it was right. only a couple of years before you were able to start using it. At least I feel like it wasn't that far. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't around very for too long before people were, uh, it had to be some engineer or some engineer's kid just going, can you just put a keyboard on this thing? <laughs> yep. I'm actually just better with two, with two thumbs. And, and that's where oof. the Blackberry came from. And that's yep. where I had a, there's a, I think as a, it was a sidekick. It was one of those ones, I think one of T-Mobile's first. Oh yeah. Basically the size of a Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it did this weird like flip thing to where you could have the keyboard and then you could put it back in when you weren't using it. Mm -hmm. Like it was two halves on top of mm -hmm. each other and they slid apart like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had one that opened almost like a little tiny laptop. Yeah. I love those things. Full keyboard. Mm -hmm. That was great. <laughs> I was so anti touchscreen for the longest oh. time. Oh, and really? That, yeah, I was just because at the time it was still fairly new and I was like, okay, that's great until your screen cracks and now you can't use your phone. Nowadays, those things are damn near bulletproof. <laughs> They need to be with as many times as me. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had a phone where I haven't had an inch of armor plating around it so that I didn't break it. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, I'm not, I've always thought I was bad with like jewelry, watches, glasses, sunglasses. You know, I was just like, oh man, I, I can't break this phone. You know, they're expensive and I need it, especially as you got older and started working like and I was working in law enforcement. I was like, I need my oh, phone. Yeah. If there's an emergency, they need to be able to get in touch with me. I went through two Blackberries that just crapped out on me like mid shift. And I walked into Verizon and I slammed it down on the counter and I said, I want calls. I want texts give it to me now. And they finally came over with this bare bones phone that I had for a long, long time until I finally broke down and got my first droid. And I've been a droid user ever since. So, so uh, in getting back to the episode here, we see that Reed and Trip are trapped in a close space for oh, a yeah. long time. <laughs> Have you ever encountered anything like this? Ever any situations ever get stuck in an elevator or stuck in a car with somebody who um, you were, just didn't get along with? Not anything that serious. I've been on road trips with people um, over time that were just like, can we just leave them here? Like, 
but it, it's never been like a dire situation. I, I, I've been lucky that I haven't had to deal with anything like that. Like I said, I think, I think the most extreme is just basically being stuck on a trip with someone that just their attitude changes or something about the trip changes. And then, yeah. you know, people just don't handle that well. <laughs> right. Before I got into law enforcement, I was for about 10 minutes, I was a private investigator and oh, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> no, not fun at all. But the trainer, the quote unquote trainer had been doing it for years and years and years and just, oh, he got saddled with the rookie. It was painful for him to get to know me. <laughs> I, I looked at, I, I happened to glance over at him and I caught the end of, you know, when some, when you look at someone and you can see the wheels turning that they are yeah. literally putting the thoughts and ideas together before the sentence comes out. I saw him sort of just. So where are you from? <laughs> really, dude? Oh. Was, it, was it that hard to just ask me where I'm from? <laughs> I feel like I have gotten that response from more people in my life than I care to. Oh. I'm not sure why. Oh. Like, I don't know if it's because of just how awkward I can be during new situations. <laughs> Oh. or if it's just but yeah I, i've gotten that a lot oh, just like wow. oh um all right now what <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like school you kind of you're with your friends so that helps but you're essentially trapped with this overlord who's there to critique everything you do i think we got a little bit of this with reed and trip because reed is british yeah he has this air of sophistication but trip outranks him he does. He and pulled that card a couple times in this episode. Yeah, yeah. He had to pull that card quite a few times. And I think it really gave Trip a glimpse of what it's like to command because he's having to command in an extreme situation. Yeah. And it's also showing Reed that maybe all the things that you're doing aren't as constructive as you think they are. And I have a feeling, because I want to say further down the line in the franchise, part of joining a starship is having those goodbye letters already written. And so when you're called to go on an away mission, you just go. So if they get word that you're KIA or MIA, yeah, they've got the digital package. They just send it out. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you know... <laughs> They just lost a crewman, but at least yeah. they, at least they've got their letters. Way, right, idea. right. And I have a feeling it kind of goes with their personal log and their personal effects that are there on the ship. I think that becomes part of Starfleet regulations is that you actually have those goodbye letters already crafted. Because that was the thing that was, for all that they ended up getting right in this episode, which they, they hung on by a thread. Yeah. They really did. One of the things they kept doing was talking and that burns through oxygen probably faster mm -hmm. than anything else. And, and, and don't get me wrong. This episode was really great. Yeah. I mean, it, there was a lot to it. There were probably some things they probably could have done better, but honestly, the storyline itself, putting two people that are honestly pretty vastly different characters together in that kind of situation, it was a way I think to bond them. I guess. Yeah. Like they had to, it, it's kind of funny. They picked these two guys though. Like I find that very interesting that it's like, yeah. they're so vastly different. Like I think another pair that might have been interesting to see in this same situation may have been 
maybe Hoshi and T'Pol. Oh, because that- yeah, I think that would be interesting because although T'Pol is the science officer, I'm not sure how official her rank is on the ship. So technically, Hoshi outranks T'Pol. Oh, I think. I mean, they're in different departments. Yeah. And T'Pol's clearly the superior astronaut, cosmonaut, however however you want to classify them. She's just, you could have just left it at superior. It's superior. Yeah, she's just superior. Uh, unless you're talking to Gary Horn. Gary yeah. Horn has some has some very definitive thoughts about his feelings no. about Hoshi. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's quite fond of Hoshi. Oh. Uh, I think that would have been an interesting pair to see. I think Travis... And Doc Flocks would have been interesting just because Doc Flocks has so much knowledge, but he's not a pilot. He he does have a lot of knowledge and it's kind of funny how he decides to bring it out. Like just some of the conversations that this man has, you're the weird guy everyone wants to be in the room with, but not like, yeah, exactly. I feel like in that scenario, Travis is going to know what's wrong with the ship. He's been a boomer. He's been a pilot is practically his whole life. But Flox is going to tell him, Flox is going to let him know everything that's going to happen to his body in excruciating detail. Oh, yeah. As he begins to die. <laughs> I think that would be more interesting for Travis because Travis does see, Travis, like Hoshi, is very optimistic. They're very, they're very optimistic crew members. They are there to explore and to adventure and to learn and to grow. Everyone else seems to have at least some sort of chip on their shoulder. It's pretty accurate where you have a small amount of like pretty optimistic people that just, they're just chipper the moment they wake up. It's sure. just how they're built. And there's other people who they're just, they're realists. Like they just, they've gotten to a point where they're like, where it's like, this is just how it is, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is <laughs> it. This is life. This is life out here, out here in the black. This is it. I think one area this episode could have done a little bit better was trying to craft a scene where they've discussed albeit briefly, the fact that talking is burning oxygen. And let's see them interact with each other without words. That's always fun. Yeah, because I I remember some of my favorite comics here in more recent years, or I should say more recent decades, it's actually been a while since these came out, called the uh, Nuff Said series. And it was single issues in an ongoing series from Marvel. And it was completely wordless. No dialogue at all. Hmm. They filled 22, 24 pages of story and it continued, but with no dialogue. And I would have loved to see. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen Enterprise, maybe not the entire episode, but just a small bit of it, but a chunk of it. Let's, you know, let's get a good look at these guys desperate to conserve oxygen. And that was the other thing that kind of struck me was I felt like they broke into the whiskey a little too early. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit. Like, guys, you know, like whiskey's not good for you. <laughs> and you're drinking it way too soon. <laughs> he did make a point, though, when it says the whiskey, the whiskey will warm them, which is a complete and total true statement. <sighs> It'll it, make feel warm. It will make you feel warm. What it, it is will, actually it doing. <laughs> yeah, raise your body temperature but it makes you feel and it gives you that sense of warmth which I think 
is what he was kind of going for. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cause at that point you're just desperate to trick yourself into feeling warm. Cause I mean, yeah. they, they turned it into an ice box. That was probably the most realistic thing about the whole thing was the yeah. fact of how cold they made it. On that note, let's get into a little bit of the trivia here. This episode was written by Berman and Braga. And uh, the last episode they did was Shadows of Pajem, which we covered last week with Miles Griffin. It was also directed by David Livingston, who uh, the last episode he directed was Strange New World. Now, we've covered them in the past. So if you want to go check out their uh, resumes, do that. But I really wanted to get into the fact that The Guardian, The AV Club, and The Hollywood Reporter all gave this episode shout outs as definitely one of the better episodes of the first season. And more than one publication cited the reason for the quality uh, is what we've been discussing the last few minutes. You got two astronauts faced with hard science and they're having to work together to survive. That makes for great entertainment, for great drama. I mean, that is built in drama. Yeah. And we hadn't really seen that yet. Now, we just got done talking about the fact of them practically freezing in mm -hmm. the space shuttle. The way that this was accomplished, they built an igloo around this tiny shuttle set. Oh, wow. And uh, they had six air conditioning units and blocks of dry ice. So when it looks like they're freezing... They, they are. are. <laughs> they actually are. Flip side to that coin is when you've got it that cold, cameras don't work so well. <laughs> they were actually only able to film for about 30 seconds at a time. Oh, wow. Yeah. This episode was definitely a labor of love on all sides. This was a great one. It was. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. And like I said before, this is probably the most serious one that I that I have talked about. The other ones have had a lot of humorous moments in them and they weren't as dramatic. But this one definitely, it even, it just started out that way. And it's yeah. like, you're pretty sure that no one really died and the ship is fine. But mm -hmm. the fact that they just embraced that idea in the yeah. beginning, it just, it set the whole tone for the entire episode, especially how long it took them to get to the Enterprise itself. Yeah. I think the only other part that I kind of wish that they had done was because there were some scenes on the Enterprise and you're like, oh, the Enterprise is fine. Yeah. I think had they left those completely out mm -hmm. and we don't find out what happened until Reed and Trip find out. Yeah. Once they once they happen. wake up in sick bay, I think that would have been a really great way for them to kind of, hey, we rescued the so-and-so part of the ship broke off. Yeah. That's what you saw. But everything's fine when you blew up the engine it's kind of hard to ignore that so we picked you up and it was a good thing we did because you were almost dead <laughs> to be honest probably next to dear doctor this is probably up there in top three episodes oh, okay so far of this particular season <laughs> so much to cover yes yes long road getting from there to here ren thank you so much for coming on and having having a chat with me. Do you have any uh, anything else you'd like to talk about about the episode? That dream sequence. <laughs> it needs to be mentioned. The floor is yours. What the heck was that? Like, <laughs> honestly, I think it would have been more believable if it had been Trip having that dream. Maybe it was a little weird to have like we're set it in the episode. It was just like really, guys. Mm -hmm. Really, like it was a. It was, it was, it was actually very well done and, you know, high five to Chapal just getting through that without like, it was just, it was so funny to me. Like the whole thing was just like, come on, really? 
looking at not only the dream sequence, which hysterical, but drunk Reed <laughs> confessing that he's taking quite a gander at T'Pol's backside, which, okay, everybody else is in like coveralls, very function over fashion, yep. you know, spacesuit type things. And then you've got <laughs> T'Pol in this cat suit and built-in <laughs> heels. Every doorway is sitting off the ground. So she has to step over yep. things. And is that standard science officer attire for Vulcan females? Like she kind of walks funny. I haven't walked in high heels. Um, in a long time. There is a particular way you have to walk in them. And she doesn't really walk like that. She walks a little differently. I feel like she forces her arms to stay at her side. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she doesn't walk so much as she like stalking prey. Like she, <laughs> if she was on, if she was walking that way on four legs, you'd be like, she's about to pounce on something. <laughs> it's a very unique, I, you know, I don't get me wrong. I am not trying to uh, body shame or anything like that, but it's undeniable. She walks funny. She's yeah, walking funny. I think that might be an acting choice, which is up for debate on whether or not that's a good thing. <laughs> how she played the character. Yeah, I guess so. Fine. The haircut and the ears weren't enough. She had to, you know, all right, let's throw in her cat suit and hey, why don't you walk funny around the ship? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like there's at least one character in every Star Trek series that is just made to look at. <laughs> to Paul. You know what? I don't think you're wrong there. Next Gen has got um, Deanna Troy. Sure, of course. Then you've got um, Voyager has Seven of Nine, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like they all have one. Yeah, I was, was trying to think... Uh... <laughs> discovery i don't, I don't think, think i've seen that one i don't i don't think anybody on discovery is strictly there as eye candy i don't well, think. i don't think they're all strictly eye candy i just think that there's one character that's just dressed that way like they're smart they oh. have validation and there there's there's just that little bit of let's put that one in a short skirt just because <laughs> put that one that one in a short skirt yeah <laughs> Yeah, like maybe, yeah. Make it to where she can't sit in her chair properly because you'll see right up her dress. Like, let's do that. Like <laughs> Perhaps that's why they hired Nana Visitor. Like she oh, she was a dancer. Yeah. Put her in skin tight something and let's stick a funny thing on her face and make her a Bajoran. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that was actually an issue of some controversy. Speaking of dancers and dancers legs there was i think one of the original series female actors caught some heat for the short or well i think the production caught heat for the short skirts and again this yeah, was the like 60s from the 70s 60s, yeah 70s, yeah of course oh yeah totally and then it was kind of learned that like actually she was the one who wanted it shorter because she was a dancer and wanted to show off her dancer's legs at that point i'm like well, I'm a dude, but if I had dancer's legs, I'd probably want to show them off too. Okay. <laughs> if it's your call and the production's good with it, why not, right? Exactly. Yeah. They're not being forced to do it kind of thing. If it's, if it's a personal choice, then definitely. I just find it funny that I feel like every single series has got at least one or two characters that it's like, let's make that one super pretty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or just nice to look at a cat too. <laughs> Okay, so here's the deal. When they all come back from away missions, let's make them get into this dark room with a bunch of black lights and they have to touch each other. How about that? 
network. I know everybody else is in coveralls, but we've got the one <laughs> chick in the cat suit. Let's just make them touch each other. Let's make them. <laughs> they got to rub each other down with blue jello. Yeah, that that should work. That that'll that'll appease oh that'll appease the executives. <laughs> make everyone happy. <laughs> in more ways than one, apparently. <laughs> um, one more thing about this episode that I yeah. think the fact that Reed says the word stinky and <laughs> multiple times. Like at least three or four times each scene. Like it is hilarious to me that they made him say those two words over and over again. I'm gonna have a hard time not referring to Tapal as stinky from <laughs> Yep. And her bum. So she's actually and stinky her bum. Oh, gosh, that was it was so funny. Gotten a look at her bum. Got a nice one. <laughs> Just the gentleman, the gentlemanness yeah. of trip. He was just like, dude, no, like I, yeah. he was to <laughs> the British guy, happening. like the super straight laced British guys. You yeah. gotta look at her bum. <laughs> oh gosh, oh. Yeah, they added some fun to this. I think. Yeah, they yeah. For as for as serious as this was, you know, with them, basically their lives are on the line from yeah. the beginning of the they episode. Think they're dying. Yeah, it was nice to see them insert a little bit of levity. Of course, maybe I shouldn't say the word insert when we've just finished talking about to Paul's ass. Should I edit? Should I edit that out? Um, maybe a blooper. I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe at okay. The end. Yeah. <laughs> so next week, I hope you all come back. We are going to be covering Enterprise season one, episode seventeen, Fusion, and that of course is available on Paramount Plus. Ren, tell everybody where they can drop off their resumes for Molly and Miles ice cream. <laughs> you can start at the website. It should have both the store's addresses on there. It's just Molly Miles Greenville. Put it into Google and it should pop it up. Just stop into the shops. We actually have a very interesting um, resume that we do at the stores. Basically, we ask that you can we can either provide it for you or you can bring one. Um, we just Basically, what we do is we give people white paper bags and we ask them to basically show us who they are creatively on this. They can draw, they can turn it into something, they can anything that just kind of shows us who they are as a person. And that's kind of how we do our hiring. So That's so fun. I remember sending you a link. I think you and Fred had just moved to town mm -hmm. and uh, they were looking and I think I sent that to you. It was like, here you go. <laughs> See what you got. What's really funny about that whole thing is I told Fred about it and I wasn't going to apply. Really? We actually got into, me and Fred got into an argument. He's like, we're not talking until you do this because this is what you're good at. This is what you love to do. And Oh, wow. Yeah. So I almost didn't. And what was funny is I sent in my resume. I, I basically just did, I, I'm a writer. So I just kind of wrote down everything. Ice cream is my favorite food. So it was kind of easy. That but helps. That helps for sure. I, I got a call a couple hours later and I was hired within that day. So. Wow. Yep. And I've been there. It'll be three years in August. Wow. Gosh, time flies. That's awesome. It does. You know, you've been on the show a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any Star Trek themed ice cream of any kind? Not yet. Would you guys be up for collaborating? Always. On something. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy, but I think maybe a color scheme or, you know, oh, yeah, something definitely. on the side, maybe some Vulcan ear shaped uh, cookie. We'll, we'll have to talk about it. I could probably, I can probably make a Rice Krispie treat that looks like that. Tell people where they can find you and pictures of you and your husband and wonderful children all having fun at the movies and with comic book stuff. <laughs> 
hopefully soon we'll be able to get back into the movies. Um, mm. RC Sims 82 on Instagram, Facebook, all the social stuff. That's where I'm at. I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in 10 Ford. to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcast at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop. Our outro music was provided with permission by Drone Node. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn. And I'm Cat Davis at that.darn.cat with a K on Instagram. The Computer Resume Podcast is part of the Slice of Fried Gold Network. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods. And we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a Slice of Fried Gold? Sorry, I'm a little gassy.